Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Shantara McBride, the founder of Marvelous University, a life coaching and success planning platform for young people, and the author of Love Your Jiggle, The Girl's Guide to Being Marvelous. Shantara's book has some great tips for teenagers on things like friendship and body image and other issues that I think are really important and timely for teenagers today. And she has some great words of wisdom for parents from her experience as an educator and a speaker and leading leadership and development programs for girls and young women. Really excited to talk about all of that and uh, how we can help teens love their jiggle. Shantara, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I read your book here, Love Your Jiggle, and I've read about you in uh, some other books now, um, including this book, One Trusted Adult. Yes, my good friend Brooklyn. Okay, so uh, so you're showing up all over the place here. Um, so how did you uh, kind of get into doing all of this stuff and writing about being marvelous, and what propelled you to be uh, talking about this and writing about it? Well, you know, I would have to say working with girls, working with young people has always been my life. Okay. Um, and I would, I guess it's because I'm the oldest of a lot of grandchildren, like a lot of grandchildren. <laughs> so, um, so there was always young people around. Um, but I would say, you know, getting into college, I went to college um, as a vocal performance major. I was going to be an opera singer and absolutely hated every, not everything about it. I like singing. I hated everything else. Okay. So, um, and my grades were a reflection of how much that was the wrong major. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I ended up changing majors to sociology. And that's when I really started learning more about theory and families and systems and young people in a different way, as opposed to just, you know, playing with them outside and really learning about their development. And that just set the road on, you know, to who I am now and really getting into something that spoke to humanity. Um, and so working with girls here in Dallas a little bit, because right after college, I, I moved to Washington, D.C. and worked at a high school there through a nonprofit organization. I was an AmeriCorps VISTA member, which is the Domestic Peace Corps. And my assignment was at what they would call the worst high school in D.C. And <laughs> I think the school has made a lot of changes, since, but this was like okay, the 90s, right. Small right? disclaimer, so, right, right. No, yeah, right. Sure. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Things have changed. It's all good. <laughs> There's, but this was changed. Yeah. But um, I would say that being there, I was the youngest person at the school um, as wow. far as the adults. 
And I was responsible for getting teachers and the school involved in the community and the community involved in the school. Long way to say I was the service learning coordinator. And I started a girls program there. And that really, Andy, that helped me to see that and, and one of the, the wisest men I know, I trained with him when I was in D.C., um, Thandor Miller taught me that young people could care less about how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. Right. And so being in that school, being in my classroom, not really sure what I was doing. I was like 22, 23 years old, but girls would come and sit in my classroom and just talk. And I wasn't a therapist. I wasn't a counselor. I, I didn't, you know, I was just like, mm, so we're, we're chatting. This is what we're doing. And, okay. they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is and they would keep okay. showing up. And that really, I mean, that set the tone for me. I was like, I must do this for the rest of my life in some kind of way. Yeah. And so that started the whole marvelous movement, as I like to call it. You then have this book, Love Your Jiggle. So then this was something that you felt was like really important or that was missing in other books and something that needed to be said. And why did you feel that? And, you know, what made you think, hey, I've got the answer that people need to this problem? This is it. You know, I I felt that we talk society, we talk a lot to girls about how to be. We talk to girls about how how to dress. to be. Exactly, right? (laughs) So we, we give a lot of messages two girls. We tell girls, don't wear anything too revealing. Don't go out too late. Don't do that with your body. Don't talk about that. Like all of these don't do's, right? And I felt like girls needed a guide to really walk them through how to be their amazing selves. And you would think that comes naturally if we would just give girls the space to just be. But since we don't, I felt like girls would benefit from having a guidebook on five simple rules that would help them navigate middle school or high school. I've had college women read it and they're like, yeah, where was this when I was? <laughs> so it's one of those things where if they're so simple, but yet when you pull back the layers, they're actually complicated because we don't really talk about them a lot in the public space, especially with girls. But I felt like they needed a guide to just navigate the waters and to promise them they will make it through they make it through this phase of adolescence regardless of how bleak it seems (laughs) you will come out on the other side (laughs) there's a light at the end of the at the end just it's a long tunnel but (laughs) (laughs) you might lose track of the light for a while you won't even be able to see it in there for maybe a couple of years but it is there it is there it is there Okay, one of the um, tips in your book that I thought was really cool um, was just about really taking some time to define the meaning of friendship. And you write in here that you really wish this was something you did in middle school or high school. Um, okay, what? why is that important uh, for teenagers to do? Well, you know, it's one of those things where your friends really um, define who you are. And we put so much pressure on 
on friends, and I use that word, but it's one of those things where it's, it's more about who am I seen with? Who wants to be seen with me? Who do I get to eat lunch with? Who will wait for me before they go in the building? You know, who will wait for me, you know, after school? Who will wait with me, um, wait for me in the hallway so I don't have to walk to my next class by myself, right? So it's way more than, um, the characteristics of a person. We look more to the actions or the benefits of what that person can do for us. And I think we really miss the mark because we spend so much time um, seeing who's popular, meaning who has, who is known by the most people, who is the best dressed, who all those things, instead of how do I feel when I'm around this person? Right, like, do I feel safe? Meaning, can I express the goofiness that is my personality or must I always act just like them? Right, uh, like, can I, um, I always talk about, it, especially with girls, can I just sit with this person and not have to hold my stomach in? Right, guys don't really know that, but girls, definitely, women can relate to that. <laughs> like, can I just be? And I think if I would have known that in middle school and high school, and I have some wonderful friends from still from middle school, few of my closest friends I met in seventh grade, wonderful, wonderful people. But I also remember that, that, that feeling of, is this going to be good for me? Is, is, can I sit with this person? Or can I hang out with this person on the weekend? And, and will that be okay for the look because I was new. I went to a new school in seventh grade. And I remember that feeling of, will this be okay? And I just wish that young people really started to think about what do you want in a friendship? You know, what, what do you desire in a friendship? Um, and then is that the kind of friend you are? You know, if you desire trust and honesty, is, is that what you're putting out? What, what do you recommend for uh, parents who have a teenager who's in a similar situation that you were in during that time? I always share with parents to remember that adolescence is a stage. They, they will go through it. The other thing I would suggest really is to listen first and go into rescue and action mode after the listening. I think so many parents, when they hear there may be friendship um, drama, want to sweep in and rescue, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no, everyone should want to be friends with my child. Yeah, right. right, you know? And I always ask parents to listen. And in part of listening is to also ask their wonderful teenager, is this something you want me to just listen to or do you want my advice? Because I think a lot of times young people, especially girls, just want to vent. They don't really care what we think. (laughs) They just just want us to listen, not every now and then say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened, right? Isn't this horrible? And then agree with them. That's it. And I know that that sounds, you know, there are probably going to be some teenage girls like, no, that's not true. Well, Kind of, you know, but I often ask parents to just think about, just ask, do you want me to just, because we all need space to vent, or do you want my advice? And that I think will really help a lot of us get through 
the maze that is middle school and high school, you know, or the maze that is interacting with other human beings. You know, it is just, it is truly, um, it can be an up and it can be a roller coaster. And everyone, everyone doesn't like roller coasters, right? But so, <laughs> so it's one of those things that we also have to understand sometimes um, friendships are going to have good days, great days, horrible days, but that doesn't mean that the friendship is over. Yeah. And so I really advise parents to listen first, ask if advice is requested before we sweep in and rescue. Yeah, because yeah, it might be just a temporary thing that's over tomorrow and then you're an idiot if you make time. this huge deal about Most it. Most of the time most yeah. of the, and then even asking are y'all having this conversation over text message have y'all had a chance to talk uh, to each other you know those kind of things because we all know things are can be really escalated through text because we don't hear the tone yeah. right regardless of how many emojis one uses you just you still <laughs> you still don't hear the tone and so that that helping um young people pause that's that's what i feel like a lot of our jobs as adults is to help them pause and so asking them hmm are y'all having this conversation over text or is this a phone call or now with everything being on zoom or facetime did you see her face when she was saying this or are you just reading her words just those little pauses to help de-escalate the situation that doesn't mean that the friendship still won't end or may actually need to end and i think sometimes parents are afraid of that but at least it gives us everybody a chance to pause before we jump all the way to the conclusions. I love that. And uh, yeah, I think that's something that we all need uh, also to feel like, to have someone say that, you know, hey, I think you did the best you could and you're, you know, you're doing a good job. And sometimes that's all yeah. they need and they don't really want a bunch of like criticism. Like they're not at that stage yet. They're kind of like still mm-hmm. feeling really, you know, unsure about, the whole situation and they kind of need yeah. to be like re- first reassured and calmed down and just it's really hard to listen to any kind of advice or think about anything deeply when you're in that like emotional state of like oh no Absolutely. this thing is happening and it's terrible Absolutely. So, so oh my gosh kind of the first you know thing you can do as a parent that's so helpful is just like it's okay you're doing a great job i think you yeah. just did the best you could like and you know yeah you know. and just help them pause and i mean and i've also had some parents where their wonderful angel has done something really rude and mean. And so, you know, the parent may not need to say, you're doing a great job. The pause may be, hmm, that sounds like that was really tough. Or that sounds like, you know, were you angry when you sent that text? Or did something else happen? Because I don't know if I received that. I don't know if I would have been, you know, wanting to talk to you after that, but still having them pause, right? I think um, accountability is really important when it comes to teaching young people how to be friends. And I know like, you know, I have a niece who's only nine months old. So she is the most perfect person on the planet. And I'm (laughs) I'm already thinking about, you know, one day she may not be nice to people. One day she may, you know, she may say something hurtful and that may affect her friendships. And I will, as her, you know, I'm assuming I will be her favorite person, you know, (laughs) I will have, of course, right? So I will have to say to her, wow, Olivia, that wasn't, that wasn't very nice. I still will, will you hopefully give her space to pause and think, 
but I just don't want to pat her on the back if there is behavior that we have agreed upon behavior how we want to treat other people and how we want to be treated so that's why i always decide what you want in a friendship and then be that kind of friend and uh demand it from other people or don't accept less than uh yeah from the people that you call friends which is so hard they want to stay in these friendships and 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 that's why now i'm asking girls especially and, and guys too but to think about what do you desire and what do you require right like what do you desire in a friendship or in a relationship what do you desire what are the things that will be absolutely wonderful but then when you come to your requirements what are your non-negotiables what are things that right that you will not put up with that are just uh -uh, this is not up for discussion and know what those are and be comfortable walking away when those things aren't in place talk a little bit about body image. You write in your book that one of the difficult things about it is that everybody seems to have an opinion and even people in your family, relatives, all will start to make comments, especially um, as girls start to mature and um, go through puberty. We get all these kinds of comments happening that people just feel entitled to make um, because, you know, oh, I've known you since forever. This is okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I can say this. I used to change your diapers. Right? Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gives me permission now. Yes. So that's tough. Is that something that, you know, that, that you have some advice for uh, on how people could deal with that? Yes. Oh, my goodness. When, when I use the word jiggle, and so I, I use the word jiggle for body all things encompassing because one, it makes people laugh. Like when you cannot say the word jiggle and I see, I see your face, Andy, you cannot (laughs) say it without smiling. Right. And so it was really, for me, it was really to disarm the conversation and like, okay, let's talk about our jiggles. And it's not just the stuff that moves on our, (laughs) on our bodies. Right. But the thing about girls loving their bodies is this, we are, we're, up against this battle with people, strangers, plus people we know, commenting on our bodies, telling us what our bodies should look like, telling us what, um, how our bodies should move or not move, telling us what we should wear on our bodies, like all of these outside forces coming at us. And I don't think people really remember that when you're going through puberty, your body is changing without your consent, right? You are not giving your body permission to do any of this. And for a lot of girls, they are angry that this is happening, you know? And when you have your favorite aunt, who, when you walk in the door, just like, oh my gosh, you're getting boobs. Uh, That is not what you wanna hear. You know what I mean? When you just come in, (laughs) come on, right? And so, for a lot, it is just like you want to turn yourself inside out and just, can I just like, crawl into. Is there a dark space somewhere? That can I, I hide? Can yeah. I hide right now? Right. And, and I just don't think that well-intentioned um, family members, close family friends who are like family, you know, if that they really understand the impact 
because most most young people especially around puberty they don't want to be seen they really want to hide because again their body is changing without their consent and so yeah they're spending more time in the bathroom yes they're running up your water bill yes they're like yes they're standing in there and gazing even though they will cringe at the idea because things are changing and so what i try to tell young people especially girls is to love your jiggle to um when you are feeling bold stand in the mirror butt naked like nothing on and just gaze at yourself and when i talk about this in person it never fails girls look at me like i have grown (laughs) right because they're like what (laughs) why would we do that (laughs) and i always say because you're absolutely marvelous what is happening what you see in the mirror is the most beautiful majestic wonderful creation that there is and you need to learn how to stare gaze at yourself find your birthmarks find the mole find you know whatever it is that make you wonderful then i even tell girls now turn around turn around and look at it just look at your butt just just you know just (laughs) and again it never fails they're like oh my god But for me, it's one of those things where go ahead and get it over with. Just gaze, just stare. And, and I also say this as we you know, get to chapter three, I also say this because a lot of times when, um, when there's a sexual encounter or an experience, most of the time, some of the times, the other person gets to make comments about your body, about the, the girl's body. And girls aren't familiar with their own bodies. And so it's so impressive when someone else says, oh, you know, the dimple on your on your left jaw. And, and you know, and the girl's like, I've never even stared at myself. I don't, yeah, oh, they right. notice that I have a dimple on my left jaw. Well, that's nothing to be impressed with if you have spent time <laughs> gazing at your own self. Right? Like, so it's not a big deal, (laughs) you know, when they say, oh, you have a mole on your, you know, on your, the the right side of your neck. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? So it's, it takes, so it's, instead of giving power, it's understanding once I am so familiar and comfortable with my own self, Mm. that I get to make so many more decisions for myself than allowing somebody else who basically telling me stuff that if I would have just spent some time gazing at myself, I would see these wonderful things too. What do you think a parent's role is in that situation? Should you like say something to other family members if you hear them making comments kind of like pull them aside do you think and just say like hey i know you're um not trying to be you know uh whatever know. but we need to talk does... i know you probably meant it as a compliment but stop yeah talking. <laughs> yeah you're trying to be cute you know um yes. i get it but we just try yes. to really say positive we just try to not talk about or i don't know what 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 would you, how would you phrase that or um a lot of the times and this is going to be two parts so first a lot of the times parents are noticing this because they they're doing it in their home and so they're already making the comments okay, and seeing yeah. you know the the preteen or the adolescent like freak out and so this is the great time for parents to give warning 
yeah. to those relatives before we arrive, you know, uh, like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, things are changing. Yep, you're going to notice it. It's happening. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, let's not, let's not go there, right? Yeah. So that pre is really great. Um, if it happens and, and it's so quick that the, you know, and most of the, well, I would say for both parents, most of the time it's, uh-oh, I didn't know that they were going to say that. It's yeah. when they see their preteen or their adolescent, like basically getting ready to crawl inside themselves and go invisible. Um, the great thing about a parent can always say is, yeah, things, things are happening without our consent all the time. Things are happening. Yep. It's just, it's part of growing up. Yep. It's oh man, I get that. Or, oh gosh, I remember when my aunt did me like that and I wanted to run and hide, <laughs> you know, so even identifying oh, and just, yeah. even, even though the, I went like, what are you talking about? No, I remember, oh my gosh, I remember when that happened to me and I wanted to absolutely go outside. If you want to go outside, go outside. You uh, know what I mean? Just making them not feel so strange yeah, because yeah. they didn't respond the way that most of the adults in the room wanted them to respond. Mm -hmm. And actually as an adult, what do I expect them to say? Oh, yeah, right. right. Like what? <laughs> oh, ha, ha yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good one. I mean, I mean, honestly, what, yeah, what do we right. expect them to say? And so if as the, the parent or the, you know, as my friend Brooke talks about the, the, the trusted adult, if even if I'm in the space and I hear it, I can say, oh my gosh, I remember when my aunt did that to me and I wanted to disappear. Mm. Feel free to disappear right now if that helps. We're here with Shantara McBride talking about how to help teens love their jiggle. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. It has to be the extreme. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's when parents get permission to say that parenting is hard. But I think parenting on an everyday basis is hard. That is what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily what it looks like, but it's, it's what your body can do. Adolescence feels like nothing is in your control, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're nothing is so pushed around by everybody. Everybody. Like, yeah. Everybody gets to tell you what to do. Everybody right. gets to make rules for you. You can't vote. So all these policies that are being passed, you can't put a voice to them. Yeah. And so it is all of this it, you feel nothing but a sense of not having any control. And so what do you do? You seek to find something that you can control. Right. And so if we practice it as the adults in their lives and help them to live it out and to feel it, um, I think we will both win instead of this competition that I think just naturally happens with teenagers and adults. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable, and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.